Welcome to episode 38 of the Moms That Lead podcast. I'm Terry, your podcast host. And I have a question for you. Do you ever feel like the lion in The Wizard of Oz? Like all you want to do is find some courage? I know I do, especially in these times when fear and anxiety seem to be running rampant around us. If so, I've got great news for you. But I'll let our guest share that news with you as she shares her story today. We're continuing our series today about leadership skills that moms rock and focusing once again on courage. If you didn't yet listen to the other episodes we did on courage, episodes 33 and 34, you might want to go back and do that first. Then come back to hear our extraordinary guest, Ashley Byers, share her story of how she discovered courage from her journey as a young single mom to a happily married working mom who regularly challenges herself with endurance races that span hundreds of miles and multiple days. Ashley is a two-time Ironman finisher, soon to be three, an ultra runner, and a coach of beginner runners who is passionate about helping other women reach their goals. She is the manager of marketing and outreach for the Woodlands Area Economic Development Partnership, and she's very involved in her community with organizations such as Ainsley's Angels, Interfaith of the Woodlands, and Memorial Hermans in the Pink of Health. Needless to say, she leads with courage. But even better than that, her story reveals keys to courage that are accessible to all of us. We'll start with a brief intro just in case you're new to Moms That Lead, and then we'll jump right into my conversation with Ashley. Just a quick note, the audio quality is a little bit less on my side than it usually is, so I apologize for that. But I think you will be so entertained by Ashley's story that hopefully it won't bother you too much. Okay, here's the intro. Hey, are you ready to jump off the hamster wheel and finally listen to that voice inside that says you were meant for more? Are you ready to replace overwhelm with calm and clarity, self-doubt with confidence, and mom guilt with connection, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Moms That Lead podcast, where we know that moms have a unique ability to be world changers, and that leadership is not about position. But instead, if your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, then you are a leader. I'm Terry Schmidt, your host and leadership mentor, determined to bring you the inspiration, motivation, and practical tips to help you live your best life. I'm a corporate leader and coach turned nonprofit founder. My family's journey to completing an Ironman triathlon changed my life forever, and I want to be your friend on the journey to gain the clarity, confidence, and connection that I gained from that experience. So if you're ready to ditch mom guilt and activate your strengths, let's jump in. Welcome, Ashley, to the Moms That Lead podcast. I am so excited to have you on. I know you have some great stories to tell, and we're focusing tonight on courage, and I'm excited to hear your stories of courage because I know you've been through some pretty amazing experiences. Speaking of that, I already gave the audience a brief introduction to you, but I'd love to hear it from you, just a little bit more about your story, how you got to where you are today. Well, thank you, first of all, for having me. I'm super excited, a little nervous, my first podcast. So yeah, so just a little bit about me. I uh, moved to the Woodlands area about 16 years ago. 
I am a proud mom to a 23-year-old, a little feisty hippie. She's my little hippie, I would say, um, miracle child. Uh, and I've been married for over 10 years to Ryan. And so that's our family in a nutshell. And I work full-time here in the Woodlands for the Woodlands Area Economic Development Partnership. I'm their manager of marketing and outreach. And when it's not related to family or work, I love to volunteer in our community. I love giving back. And so I'm very involved with different organizations such as Interfaith of the Woodlands, Interfaith Young Professionals, the Woodlands chapter of Ainsley's Angels of Texas. I'm not sure if you've heard of them. I'm sure you have, but they're a nonprofit organization that helps build awareness for the special needs community. And so we lend our legs to help push them in races so that they can experience endurance sports. I also help serve on Memorial Hermans and the Pink of Health Committee, which brings awareness to breast and ovarian cancer. And so obviously uh, that takes up a lot of my time, but you know, racing, endurance racing is definitely something that we love and that we're passionate about. And so when I'm not doing all of those things, I'm either training for Ironman or an ultra marathon of some sort. And so that's what keeps us busy. It doesn't sound like you're busy at all. I, I think you, I think you need more things to do in your life. Definitely. <laughs> it, it, it's, there's never a dull moment for sure. That that's great that you're so involved in the community. If you wouldn't mind, before we get into endurance sports, if you want to just tell me a little bit more about your experiences giving back, it, particularly if you want to focus on Ainsley's Angels. Yeah. So I, you know, doing endurance sports has been just a blessing in its own but you get burnout. And a couple of years ago, I was tired of kind of doing the same races over and over. Obviously it's good to race and train and, and be with the group that we have uh, such a great community of endurance sports, but I was, I was burnout. And so it was the week before the Woodlands mar half marathon, I saw someone post like, Hey, we need volunteers to help push some of our angels. And I had no idea, I had never heard about them. I got in contact with their ambassador, Jennifer, and her daughter um, is a special needs. And she told me like what it entails. You basically are partnered up with someone for the half marathon and you help push uh, these individuals of all ages. Some are children, some are, are young adults and uh, different disabilities. Some are verbal, some are nonverbal. And so that they can endure, you know, engage and experience endurance sports. And so really it's just me lending my legs so that they can run their own race. And so we stop at water stations, we give high fives and it's really, they're the athlete, they get their bib, they get their own medal. And it is honestly one of um, the best things that I've done in the last couple of years, being a part of them when we can. Just recently, one of the athletes who had had the privilege to help push, Michael, he did his first race independently in a hand cycle. And so I was able to escort him through one of the um, Texas 10 series races here locally and, uh, and watch him finish that race on his own. And that is just, just unbelievable. It's so inspiring to see them and, uh, and knowing that the courage that they have to face every day, the obstacles that their families face, them alone face, it is inspiring and it gives me that extra boost of courage as well. Yeah, as you were speaking, I was just thinking, you know, talk about courage and talk about leadership, just what you know, the angels are doing for others as they're out there. And then you being their legs, helping them to exhibit that leadership, to exhibit that courage. I think that is just amazing. 
It, it's fun. I definitely encourage you if you haven't, or if you see us out there, um, we'll be out there at the Woodlands Half Marathon coming in in a few weeks. They'll be out there. And so look for them. They're in pink. <laughs> Can't miss them. <laughs> That's great. Well, speaking of endurance sports, I know you have had quite a journey. Is this something that you were always into as a kid or how did you get involved in endurance sports? You know, I played, you know, basketball sports in high school, junior high, cheerleading track, just because you did that. I grew up in a small town. I was mediocre. You know, sometimes I sat on the bench, honestly. And so, no, it wasn't later in life and actually fully blame my husband for getting me into this mess. He did his first triathlon in 2012. And so I was really just his cheerleader and Sherpa and followed him to all the races. And it's hard not to watch some of these races and not be inspired. And so I, it took me a few years to get the courage to think that I could even have, you know, the capability to do something like that. So I didn't really start running until about um, seven years ago and could barely run one mile without hyperventilating. He encouraged me. He was full into Ironman training and things like that. And he was with an endurance team at the time and encouraged me just come and run with us. And I was like, there's no way I can keep up with you guys. And so that's kind of how it all started. It's just that little spark. And then after that, it just kind of evolved from there. So just seven years ago, and I know all of you can't see her, but I'm looking at her walls behind her and, you know, all the different races that she's done in just those seven years. And I think people would probably think that you just were always naturally an athlete and that's why you were able to do it. But it sounds like that wasn't necessarily the case. No, I mean, it really wasn't. So yeah, this, the Woodlands Half Marathon was my first race ever as an adult and probably, or that I ever remember signing up, getting my own, you know, bib number and my medal. And a lot of people were like, why didn't you sign up for a 5k or a 10k? Well, I'd already felt like I had done that in training, even though it was a lot of walking, running. And so the Woodlands Half Marathon is just a local race. That's just so special to my heart because it's really where I began. And then after that, I was like, well, if I can do a half, maybe I can do a full marathon. And then it just kind of snowballed. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's amazing what we can convince ourselves to try when we take little steps kind of to get there and we see that we can have success with those little steps. We want to move on to something a little bit bigger. Yeah. You just did that a little bit, perhaps more quickly and more extreme than, than others might have done it. Yeah, I guess, yeah, baby steps for sure, but it was a gradual buildup to mm -hmm. obviously to Ironman, um, triathlon training. You know, I was terrified of the water and yeah, it was definitely something that I had to continue to, you know, face those fears and have that courage and bravery just to even try to, to attempt it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And just for anyone who's listening, who doesn't know what an Ironman is, can you explain it for us? So it is a long distance triathlon where you swim 2.4 miles, you bike 112 miles, and then you run a marathon 26.2. So it's 140.6 miles total. You have under 17 hours to do it. And so I've had the great privilege to do that twice here at Ironman Texas, and I am signed up for this April. It's deferred. It's, you know, I was supposed to do it last year, but we are gearing up for that in a few months. And so that'd be my third lucky number three full Ironman. I've done a lot of half Ironmans, which are half the distance, obviously. And I love, I love the sport. I love the people that we train with and 
get to experience those, you know, obstacles with, but we actually fell in love more with the ultra running world lately. Mm. And so that's kind of been our, our, more of our passion. Our man just was delayed. Now it's messing up our race schedule, but yeah. running is definitely something that we've kind of just learned to love as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And tell us a little bit about what makes something an ultra running race. So anything over a marathon is considered an ultra marathon. So anything over 26.2. And so I did my first ultra marathon, I guess, in I'm trying to think back 2016. It was a one loop around the bay in Florida. We traveled. Somehow my husband convinces me to go on vacation. There's sometimes a race <laughs> to it somehow, but it was a 36.8 mile one loop course in Florida. Beautiful, beautiful course. But that was my first ultra marathon. And then I kind of gradually built up to a 50 miler and then jumped into the 100 miler. It's a lot of walking. For me, just, you know, I'm an average person, average athlete. I'm not one of those pros. I can go out out there and run seven, eight minute miles. And so I chose to do more of the, they have a race here in Texas that offers, it's a timed race. So you sign up for 48 hours or different increments they have available and you just go as long as you can and see how far you can get within that uh, allotted time. Mm. So I did my first hundred miler at a 48 hour race here in Texas. And that was in 2019. And then I was, I was hooked. So Tell us a little bit more about that hundred mile race and what the course was like, because I think that might provide some context for our future questions. So it's that one specifically, it's called Jackalope Jam. It's by Trail Racing Over Texas. You should definitely check them out. It's not only just the physical drain of trying to get hundred miles by foot. It's a more mentally challenging race. It's at the time when I did it, it was a half mile out and a half mile back. That was the course. And so my husband has done ultra marathons that are 20 mile loops, 25 mile loops. You don't see them for, you know, six, seven hours or however long. So there are advantages to that. Obviously the short, the course is shorter. You get to see more people. You're not as spread out. You have your aid station. You don't have to go with, you know, your pack, you know, heavy on you. You can eat and drink when you wish, but you also have the temptation to stop more, to rest more. And that half mile out and half mile back is, while it sounds very short, sometimes it can be very long. And actually at the end of it, they call it the cone of death. There's just an orange cone there that's your turnaround marker. And having to do that, you know, 200 times just to get to hundred miles is, yeah, it can be mentally challenging for sure. And then in later years, they've changed the course to a 0.75 out and back. So you get a little more distance under your belt before you get back to the main checkpoint, which I've heard people like that. So I haven't had the, we were supposed to race last weekend and due to the winter storms, it's, I was not able to. So I'm going to do that in 2022. And, but it's one of those races that I just, yeah, I love it. And I think to say it's mentally challenging is probably the understatement of the year, but I can imagine that would just play with your mind quite a bit. Right. right. I mean, I think as, as you said, any, the different aspects of our lives lately have Mm -hmm. all gave us that mentally challenging you know, it's been just a tough time for everyone. So some people are like, that is so crazy. You're crazy. And people even said, you've lost your mind. And (laughs) my latest thing is like, actually, I think I found it. I found my mind because when you go through some of these things, it's like, it does sound pretty much insane, but yeah, it's possible once you started. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. So 
Yeah, I've been reading a lot recently about kind of what people call forging experiences, where you go into this really challenging experience and it can break you down to pieces, but then you get to choose what pieces you're putting back together when you're building yourself back up. Right. And yeah, that definitely happens, especially in those 48 hour races. I did a 55 hour race. And so I only got to hundred miles in the 55 as well. I think, you know, knowing that you have more time to do it, you kind of like, oh, well, I can take a longer break, but yeah, I can definitely play with your mind as well. So eventually my goal would hopefully be to get up to par to attempt a race that's they, a lot of the hundred milers are a 30 hour cutoff. I have a lot of work to do physically to get me up to that speed. But, you know, I used to be a person that would say, I cannot do that. I can never do that. And now I know that if I work towards it, it's definitely achievable. And, you know, if you don't try, then you, you never know. So mm-hmm. part of that courage is to just bite the bullet and go for it. Even if failures, you know, you never know what's going to happen. So that courage always involves taking a risk of some sort. What Was there one particular race that kind of got you past the point of, I can't do it to, I'm willing to try anything? I think going back to it earlier, like when I was a you know rookie at triathlon, I did my first triathlon in Austin. It was open water. It was a sprint try, but the swim itself was 800 meters. So first time I've ever done open water, I got in, I probably wasn't a hundred yards in and had a full on panic attack and thought, oh my gosh, I'm not, I was never fearful of the water. I mean, I love going to the beach and going to the lake with friends, but to swim with people around me, it, I was terrified. And so I got to a kayak and the sweet volunteer there was just like, hold on, hold on and catch your breath. And I thought I was going to have to be pulled out of the water. She encouraged me just to get, catch my breath and try to get to the next kayak or the next buoy. And I said, okay. And so it was at that, I think in the moment, I didn't realize I had courage, but looking back, I was thinking, yeah, let me just try to one step forward and see what happens. And so I could not catch my breath. I tried everything I could. I swam most of that swim on my back. I'm sure that the other triathletes hated me because, you know, trying to sight and flip over and, you know, it was a survival swim, mm-hmm. but I did get out of the water. And once I got out of that water, I thought, oh my goodness, like, look what I've just conquered. Not only the fear, but yeah. So I think going back to the, some of those earlier stages in my um, racing just reminds me of conquering that fear. Just putting one foot in front or one arm in front, I guess, in your case of the other and, and keeping going, even when there is risk involved. It was, it was a fight. It was a battle for sure. And I think once you overcome that stuff, you're like, Hey, I can, I can do more. Like you get a little pep talk. And I think we don't give ourselves enough credit of what we are capable of. (laughs) And so it's so inspiring though, that people leading up to that race, And a lot of times we'll be like, you can do it. We're so proud of you. You got this. And I'm like, I've never done this. How do I got this? You know? And so I just really echoed those in my head thinking, oh my gosh, all these people have believed in me and look at me, I'm sitting here on hold on to a kayak with dear life. Like you have to put that back into yourself Mm -hmm. and have that courage to believe in yourself is sometimes hard, but it's definitely worth it if you, you know, take the leap. And you bring up an excellent point about courage. I think it's important to be surrounded by a community 
that is supporting you through taking those next risky steps and, and believing in you. How has that played out in other times in your life or, or other races? Absolutely. So my husband is a co-founder of Renegade Endurance, and that was launched in 2015. And we recently decided to also support a local club here, Bahala and Valkyrie racing team. And, and so the people make it for us. We've met amazing people all around the nation. We have friends in Canada that come and have raced here. We've hosted here for Ironman Texas and all over. It's just, it definitely makes a difference. You know, you, they say people wear off on you and I often blame them for being bad examples, but in truth, they have been great inspirations that have changed my life and helped me to believe in myself. And so, yeah, the team is definitely something that I feel I wouldn't have been successful with if I didn't have those people behind me. And that plays out, I think, too, in what you were talking about with Ainsley's Angels. I mean, that's a that's a team of people moving an act of courage forward as well. So I think that's definitely something important to remember. What other experiences in your life, any that we haven't touched on, have really helped you develop courage or have required courage? Well, I think as everyone, I have had my own obstacles in life I've had to overcome. I was a young mom, got married young, had her young at 17. I went through a divorce. I've been a single mom. I have, you know, been, I've tried to go back to college and take college classes. And after time, that was just too much for me. And so I quit. My husband and I now, we've had pregnancy losses. You know, I've struggled with my weight. I've struggled with anxiety, depression, self-esteem, you name it. I feel like I've been through it in a sense. But I think each of these life events also gave me the opportunity to really just make that brutal choice, whether I'm going to find strength to, you know, face the pain or the grief or the failure or whatever I was dealing with, or if I'm going to just, you know, have the courage to not let those things paralyze me and to help me move forward. You know, it's definitely easier said than done. And a lot of times in those moments as a young mom or as a single mom, or you you name it, you know, I I didn't know how I was going to make it to the next step in my life. But somehow, you know, I did. And so those have definitely built the character that I have today. And I feel like if if I can overcome all of these things, I encourage other women. I am 100% girl power, women empowerment. If you follow me on social media, you'll see a lot of those hashtags. If I can, you can. And I truly believe that you just have to really, again, make that brutal choice that you're not going to let that be your ending story. You know, and I look back at those dark moments, if I wouldn't have you know, made that choice. I wouldn't have met my husband and I wouldn't have, you know, the career that I have now. And my daughter who has just grown up to be such an independent young woman and finding her way in life. I'm so proud of her. And then, you know, I'm back in school after a big break and a 10 year journey through taking online classes, I'm going to graduate in, in May. So I'm finally going to get that piece of paper with my associate of arts. So it's baby steps leading me to my bachelor's, but Again, just having that courage and the, you know, never give up attitude. It sounds cliche and I have gave up before. I'm not saying it Mm -hmm. happened. So, but you know, it's definitely helped me to persevere and and get to the next step. Well, first, congratulations on that accomplishment. That's huge. And I happen to know there's something even more exciting too with that, right? I don't know why I, you know, I think you, when you first approached me about, speaking on the topic of courage. I was like, what? Courage? And, you know, again, we can be our own worst critic, 
well, I don't know what possessed me to apply to be the commencement speaker for our graduating class. But I thought, oh, well, I'm going to do this, which I guess takes a sense of courage and found out I was a finalist. And then they wanted to interview me, the graduation committee with Lone Star College. And, and so after going through a round of interviews, they emailed me recently and saying, congratulations, we'd like for you to be our commencement speaker for 2021, the graduating class. And so that is honestly, I was shocked thinking there's no way I'm going to get this, but hey, I'll try. And yeah, just so honored that I had this opportunity to speak to my classmates, my fellow graduates and be a part of that graduation ceremony is, uh, it's still kind of surreal. I'm terrified. So we'll see how it goes, but yeah, we're going to be planning that in the next few months. Well, that is incredible. Congratulations on that. And as I hear you tell your stories, I keep hearing the, well, I thought I'd try or I'd make a choice. I think it's as simple as that. It doesn't have to be complicated, honestly. You know, I think we put all these expectations on ourselves that it's got to be something just, you know, a a grand phenomenon has have to happen for you to get courage or have courage. No, it it can be as simple as I'm going to try. And Mm -hmm. that's as simple as that really. Yeah. Or I'm going to make the choice, you know, just today. If I, if I feel like staying in bed tomorrow, I'll stay in bed tomorrow, but give it, give it one try. That's an amazing story. All of that, you know, this podcast is about leadership. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on why you think courage is important for leadership. Well, you know, I think it definitely sets those apart. You know, I used to be a dreamer. I used to watch my husband do these things and go to his races and think, wow, I wish I could do that. So courage and leadership, you can wish on one hand and you can take action. And, and I think that's the difference in leadership, you know, to be a person that takes action instead of just holding on to doubt and, uh, you know, any insecurities and just having that courage to try. And so I really think instead of just sitting idle and letting the opportunities pass you by, just grasping at them. And again, just simple enough to just try despite the outcome. We try to fast forward of what's going to occur, especially even in races, you know, we train so hard and obviously we all want to get to that finish line, but you know, it really takes guts just to get to the starting line and to try. Mm -hmm. Very true. You know, there, again, it's about leadership, but it's also for moms, hence the name moms that leave. You mentioned uh, how you had a daughter at, at 17 and had time being a single mom. Were there parts of that experience that you think helped you to specifically develop courage? I grew up with a, I have two sisters. They're younger than me and my mom, who's been my mentor all my life. Very courageous, hardworking woman who I think, again, surrounding yourself with women that kind of impart this um, knowledge and wisdom of, you know, what you're capable of. And so seeing what they've done definitely inspired me to to try to cultivate some of these characteristics of courage. And I think as women, as moms, you know, we all have, we all have it in us. It may look a little different. You know, you don't have to run hundred miles or do an Ironman to have courage. You know, it's really just about having that act of bravery to accomplish something. And maybe it's something that you never done, you know, For me, as a young mom, you know, it was just, again, day to day, like you mentioned, some days I wanted to pull my hair out and some days they were great days. I still, I think I have those days in my forties still, you know, Mm -hmm. but, you know, 
just being intentional to like know that you have you have the courage in you and to look for it to kind of make it more evident in your life I feel like it's something you we all should build on knowing that we have it yeah And I think sometimes having kids too can force us into a situation where we don't have an option other than to try in in some situations, even if it's something small. Right. right. And I think moms, even as a young mom, and even today, I mean, I'm going to be a mom the rest of my life. You know, she's in her twenties and she's independent, but there's still times that she needs at me and seeing my sister, you know, raise her kids and my nieces and nephews. I just think it's so important that we don't compare ourselves to others oh, she did this, or, you know, it, it, it can really put us in a funk. You know, our bravery and our courage does not look like someone else's. You know, the, mm-hmm. the defeats that we are able to conquer, small or big, I feel like we should all be proud of those and toot our own horn and celebrate those small victories that we do overcome, no matter what, what they are. Definitely. And, and it's not always going to be Instagram worthy. It may be a difficulty that you overcame that no one else saw, but it's still worth celebrating. I've already touched on this a little bit, but if there's a mom out there that wants to develop the character trait of courage, what would be your advice for her? I think just think outside the box. So whether that is, you know, engaging in a new experience you know, trying a food that you've never done before. Again, you don't have to run an Ironman or do something crazy in order to have courage. And maybe it's, you know, you have a fear of public speaking or meeting new people, or you don't like going to restaurants alone. I don't know what mom doesn't like that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there's all kinds of different things, just being creative of things that you've never tried before. And I think starting out small, and maybe it's just sticking up for yourself or being true to yourself, being authentic all takes courage. It takes bravery. You know, like you said, not everything is what we see on social media is the truth. And so I'm guilty. You know, I'm a very positive and optimistic person. And I try to keep my social media feeds the Mm -hmm. same, but sometimes there's just raw truths that you need to talk about, whether it's, Mm -hmm. you know, miscarriages or depression or mental health. And so, you know, having a platform to be able to share and receive you know, it's a give and take. I think that's so important. And so for moms that, you know, you have the courage, I know you do, we all do. And it's Mm -hmm. just taking those baby steps to kind of elevate it. And sometimes those baby steps snowball into bigger steps. Absolutely. And then you get into the crazy zone that you were talking about before. Right. (laughs) Oh, well, great. Ashley, thanks so much for that advice. I, I think that it's really helpful just to remember that it doesn't have to be something huge, but to start off small. So there's a question that we ask almost all of our guests, and I'd love to hear your perspective on it. What do you think it means to be a mom who leads? Well, I think naturally, when we think of mothers, a mom who leads is a woman who looks out for the best interest of her family and others, which often puts herself on the back burner. You know, like I said before, I've seen this with my own mom who has raised three girls and has been just the, the champion of our family, really. But I also think, you know, a mom who leads, she protects, she heals, she teaches, not just her kids, but everyone around her. And obviously, you know, we know this comes with a lot of highs and lows, but I think moms who lead are trailblazers. They are really the one out there just making the way. And I really think especially after the year I've had, you don't have to be 
you don't have to birth a child to have these characteristics. Mm -hmm. You could be a stepmom. You could be a mom who has adopted children, or you know, maybe you're longing to have children. And I think ladies and women in general are those leaders and those role models that we're, we've talked about of having that aspect of courage. You know, we all have that motherly role, if you will, in one way or the other, whether we have children or not. And so we are all nurturers. And so I would change it a little bit to mom mm -hmm. slash women mm -hmm. who, who have courage and who lead. You no, know, we all are empowering and warriors in our own right, which takes courage. Well said, well said. Definitely agree. I think there's, regardless of if you do have children in any way, there's something nurturing and, and motherly, even if you're just a mentor of, you know, someone at work or a neighbor. I, think. I have friends that, yeah, they are like aunt of the year constantly, <laughs> because they, you know, and, and again, just being that role model and mm -hmm. being a leader to guide others, whether it's of the same age or younger or wh whomever. And I think it gets back to what you said, you know, being who you are, being authentic and taking those small steps out of your comfort zone to even expand who you are and develop that courage. Well, I'm sure there are people that would probably love to keep up with your craziness and I, especially with the Ironman coming up and then, you know, when you can get back to your true love of ultra races, where can they go if they have questions for you or if they just want to follow along on your journey? Well, they, it's a really boring life, honestly, <laughs> but if you'd like to follow us, we do have a Facebook page at Go Team Buyers. So Facebook slash go team buyers, B-Y-E-R-S is our group page for my husband and I. We share it. I manage most of it. So you'll see a lot of my posts, but yeah, follow us. And then we'd love to engage with you as well on social media and encourage you. Sometimes we ask our audience what they're up to, what they're racing. You know, I've had the privilege to help coach other female beginner athletes that are starting on their running journey from half marathons. I have some that are attempting ultra marathons now as well. Wow. And so being able to give back, I've been so privileged and blessed to the, those that have given to me. I feel like it's a time now where I have, I'm not a rookie anymore. I've been doing this <laughs> for you know seven years and I've got plenty of races under my belt. And so being able to give back to other women who are just starting is it's inspiring and to see their courage. It's just mm -hmm. one of the best things in the world to, you know, to have it come full circle. So mm -hmm. yeah, go check us out on Go Team Buyers Facebook page. We'd love to see you. We'll make sure that we have that information on the show notes too. We'll make sure it's really easy to access. Thank you again for sharing your story with us. Thank you for being an example of courage. I will add just to conclude, I remember when you started, we had conversations about Stronger mm -hmm. to Serve and now it's evolved to Moms Who Lead and you are definitely an inspiration to many, I believe as well. So it's been great to watch your journey of how you're you know, giving back to the community in so many different ways and the courage that you've displayed. You know, I can't leave here the show without, you know, acknowledging you and all your hard work. And so I get to know you on a, on a training basis, but also on a personal basis. And it's really just been a joy. So Thank you, Terry, so much. Well, thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. Wasn't that inspiring? I'm not sure I'll ever attempt the feats that Ashley has accomplished, but her story left me with some keys to being a courageous leader. Here are my top five. Number one, courage is already inside of you. It may look different in us than it does in others but we all have it. 
Number two, courage starts with a choice. The choice to stop dreaming or wishing and start taking action. To make even a small move out of our comfort zone. Number three, courage is about taking the next small step to just keep moving forward. Whether that be toward the next kayak or the steps needed to lead our team through just one workday. In conquering the small challenges, we gain confidence for even bigger challenges. Number four, we can't always control the outcome, but we can control our choice to even get to the starting line, either real or metaphorical. And number five, in order to continue to develop your courage, surround yourself with people who believe in you support you, and push you to grow into the leader you were created to be. We're wrapping up our series on leadership skills that moms rock in the next few weeks with some really exciting guests who are experts in female leadership. Join us to be inspired and to learn skills to influence others with the leadership skills that only you can offer. And as always... Until next time, lead with love.